Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. Good news. There are real-world solutions for Delaware's public schools. You take a look at these, you know, NAEP scores, the nation's report card, as it were. And the way I look at proficiency, it's just me, is you're a, you know enough about whatever it is, math or reading, to get a job. That's what I figure proficiency is. And when you look at 2022, only 25% of students were proficient in English. That means only 25% of students right now are good enough at English to actually get a job. Math, 22%. But like I said, there is good news. And Dr. Tanya Hetler is on the phone right now to share that because uh, Dr. Hetler is a, uh, she's a psychologist, got her master's and Ph.D. at, uh, at Delaware. And uh, she's now with the Caesar Rodney Institute as their Center for Education Excellence director. And she wants to talk about, you know, school choice and opportunities for kids to do better. So, uh, Dr. Hitler, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Rick. I'm glad to be here. So, first of all, I look at these uh, non-proficiency scores. They, they scare the heck out of me. And, and I know that the new baseline is these horrible scores that seem to be derived uh, really from the literal failure of virtual education during the lockdowns. And if you don't mind me calling you, I'd like to call you Tanya. Um, is that okay? That's fine. Thank you. Yes, that's fine. So you look at these and you realize, oh my gosh, uh, this is why a lot of businesses don't want to come to Delaware because of the public schools and, and, and horrible outcomes. We have all these thousands and thousands of kids uh, who are now continuing to struggle. But you have ideas, you have suggestions, and good news, and I'd like to hear about that, please. Sure, yeah. The, the schools are definitely not good, and they definitely got worse due to COVID. When you compare the 2019 results from before COVID to the 2022 results, there was definitely a decline. But um, that actually just accelerated a downward trend that had started in 2013, so if you look at the National Assessment of Educational Progress, Delaware uh, started going downhill in 2013, and it just has ramped up because of COVID. But there are some solutions. Um, we have a, an extremely restrictive um, standards for teachers to become teachers. We do not have any reciprocity with other states. So if someone's a teacher in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, we don't automatically say that that's, that works for us here in Delaware. So we are uh, have a very large shortage of teachers. Several hundred teachers are um, needed. Um, and that's according to the state site, the Join Delaware Schools website that's part of the Department of Education. And so part of what we could do is to lower some of the requirements to right now, a teacher has to have a bachelor's degree, uh, teacher prep program. They have to pass the ED TPA, which is a teacher performance assessment, and they have to pass a praxis subject assessment for the particular subject and grade that they're going to be teaching. So that is much more restrictive than any other state. So it's possible for us to lower some of those standards, at least temporarily, to try to get some more 
teachers in the schools. Okay, let me so, interrupt no. here. I'd like to interrupt and just, just focus on these parts, if I may, please. So sure. anytime you talk about lowering standards, people, people hear, okay, you're lowering standards. Um, and, that's, and that's never a good thing, generally, it seems. So are there any other school districts or states where uh, they have said, okay, you don't have to have the practice assessments. Uh, maybe uh, uh, lifetime achievements or learning could uh, supplant a bachelor's degree and also been, uh, I guess, measurably successful in getting kids up to speed with reading, math, or science? Yes. Um, actually, Florida just, um, they seem to be out in front on education, and they just um, changed their law so that people who've had a certain number of years of experience in their profession or um, veterans who've had a, an amount of experience have um, now been allowed to join the teachers. Um, and that actually, it makes for much more passionate teachers who've, you know, been in the field and enjoyed it and loved it and are much more able to convey that love of learning to the students. Um, just teachers who, a, a frequent problem is in elementary school that there are teachers who may be good at English, but not so good at math. And um, the students, you know, will really struggle with a teacher like that. So teachers who've had that real life experience uh, generally, you do perform better. And and it's not lowering the standards in terms of um, ability. It's saying, let's, let's change the standards. Let's count, you know, 10 years of work as a biologist as, you know, the equivalent of the, the teacher exams and the teacher um, extra teacher degree. Certainly, we, we want to give them a little bit of training in um, you know, how to actually teach their subject matter. Mm -hmm. But we really should count the fact that they've been in a particular field for an extended period of time as the equivalent of, you know, an education degree. You know, Tanya, now that you mention this, I can think of one, actually a couple of people, but one specifically, uh, who actually is teaching at the high school level and having extraordinary success in communications and uh he doesn't have a teaching certificate per se. He uh, he earned that through his life experience, and uh, they had a program where, where he could do that in a public high school here as well. But what you, I think what you're saying, though, is we need to have that as, what, uh, a widespread policy here in Delaware? Yes, we do, especially right now where we have, uh, you know, such a lack of teachers. Um, there are classes where, in, in high school, where students, have not had a teacher in their class the entire year. And instead of uh, learning anything, they go to the auditorium and are housed there for their class period every single time it's supposed to meet. So there's no class occurring, no education occurring. So we're in desperate need of more teachers. So Well, wait, wait, what's, you know, my God, what, what school is that happening in? And, and what is the coursework supposed to be? Well, it's in Brandywine School District, and it's a marketing class, a business class, and it has not met all year long because there just aren't enough teachers. Um, and I, that's just an example, a personal example that I know about, but right. there are um, lots of situations like that. So reciprocity, uh, somebody gets their teaching degree in another state. 
and, and they want mm-hmm. to teach here. What, what's the process? What do they have to go through here in Delaware if they got a teaching degree, let's, let's say, in Iowa? I, I think the teaching degree itself counts, but then they have to go through the ed TPA and the praxis exam um, and some sort of uh, so the, their bachelor's degree counts, but they would need the extra teacher training on top of that. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not a common thing. Most states consider another state teacher, you know, to be well enough trained to, to teach there. Is there a cost uh, to the person for, for taking these assessments? That's a good question. I don't know for sure. Because uh, I'm wondering if somebody moves question. here, if somebody moves here from another state and uh, they have to, you know, go through this other, uh, extra certification and assessments and, and training and things like that, and they say, wow, you know, um, I've already spent eighty thousand dollars in in getting my right. de- my degree and a certificate in another state, and now I have to spend hundreds of dollars more, perhaps in, in Delaware to do this. Geez, maybe I'll just go to get a job at Wegman's. Right. Yeah. Well, that that is one of our challenges that the states around us um, tend to have higher pay for their teachers than we do. Yeah. Especially uh, starting salaries. Our starting salaries are not great. The governor did um, uh, call for a nine percent increase in teacher salaries this coming year, but um, we definitely do not equal other states with the starting salary. So if you go to school at University of Delaware and you get your teaching degree, you might want to move to Maryland or huh. to New Jersey and, in order to teach. So we need to make sure we keep those teachers here um, by giving them a better starting salary. Well, yeah, as I understand, the starting salary here is like thirty three, thirty four thousand a year. Is that about right? Um, I think it's a little bit higher than that. I think it's like in the 40s. Oh, okay. I know that Mar- Maryland's in the 60s, so um, it's uh, we're not competitive with them. No, not but not we, that right. We tend to no, we tend to have we have a lot more um, pay increase levels in Delaware than other states. So if we just started everybody at a higher starting salary and then didn't give so many pay increases, we could probably end up about at the same level, mm-hmm. but get more teachers. So, well, what about what about school choice here in Delaware? We we have school choice, but it it feels like it's kind of limited. Yeah, it it is limited. Um, we actually just uh, took the the data for all of the tests in um, all of the assessments, the uh, Smarter Balanced assessments and the SAT tests, which are how our state measures. Um, student progress, and we created a, a, a page on our website at Cesar Rodney Institute where you can actually go now and easily compare your school's test scores to other school scores and your district to other districts um, in a way that was not available through the Department of Education. And we also included um, the 2019 scores and the 2022 scores so that people could see the changes in the test results due to COVID. And um, you can, you can go see all of that at CesarRodney.org. And then you go to the policy center and then to the education center, and then you can see the student assessments there. And it's a huge file, but it's very easy to find your, your school. And we think that once, 
people see these test scores where some of them are in the single digits Mm. while others are, you know, in the 70s and 80s. um, And those are percentiles. So, you know, less than one in 10 can read or do math in some of the schools. And those schools tend to be in the poorer neighborhoods and in the city. And it's really not an equitable situation for those students to be stuck in those schools. I mean, they already have enough struggles with poverty and, you know, other issues in their families. And it's, it's just not right for us to leave them in the worst performing schools. So I think letting, getting this information out there is really going to uh, force us to, to have to help these students and, and give them more options of uh, different schools to attend. Yeah, and it is possible. I mean, I personally know kids, I realize this is anecdotal, but I personally know kids uh, who wanted to do well in school, came from uh, families where dad wasn't there, uh, mom was uh, addicted to uh, heroin, uh, one in which the mom was uh, drinking and smoking weed all day, dad was not there, he was addicted to heroin, and, and these seem to be like, you know, uh, complete loss situations where in the kids said, well, I want a better life than this. I recognize since I was eight years old, exactly what's going on in my world. I don't want to be a part of that. I want to do well. And once they get into a situation with good kids, uh, good teachers and or a, uh, a good mentor, then they're able to do well in school and succeed and get out of that situation. So it is possible. And I, I've seen it happen. But, but I, I want to ask you a, a serious question, because I realize that the union has a grip on all things education here in the state of Delaware. Is it? Yeah. Is it possible uh, for for education to take a more progressive route, uh, like, you know, um, enhanced school choice, uh, perhaps even vouchers or something like that here in the state of Delaware? I think it's possible. I think that legislators, when they see the test scores for these um, certain schools that are in the single digits, they can't just ignore that. Pennsylvania just passed a law where they allow students who are in the worst performing schools. So they chose the bottom 15 percent and they allow them to look for another school. Uh, They haven't expanded it to the entire state. And perhaps that would be something we could do as well, that we could say there are um, there are 12 schools in the state that have single digit proficiency scores. And those students should be allowed to go to another Mm-hmm. And for, for the uh, union to argue against that is just—it's just wrong to make those students stay there. Well, why do you think they would argue against that? Well, they don't want competition because the schools are doing so badly. They—if they get competition from um, private schools or charter schools that are doing a better job, they, that's threatening to them. So they don't—they don't want. Um, they don't want that to be an option. You don't have any choice right now. You're, you're stuck, especially if you don't have the finances to pay for a private school or a parochial school. Yeah, or tutors of- or things like that. You know, that does make sense. I mean, you know, start out a, vo- a voucher program uh, with those kids who are in the bottom 15 percent, maybe have a lottery, depending upon how much it costs. And uh, and allow them to go to uh, to private schools. Private schools here, by the way, they offer a lot of scholarships for a lot of kids in need, but uh, they can't do it for yeah. all of them. Right, right. Yeah, some students um, 
definitely can take care, take advantage of that. There's um, a couple of students who live in Dover, and their assigned school is not performing well. And they actually uh, take a bus all the way up to Wilmington and then transfer in Wilmington to a second bus and go to Silesiana, which is a Catholic school up this way. So their ride is two hours in each direction. But just like the example you gave, they they really want to, to do well in school, and they are willing to spend all that extra time traveling. But if we had some sort of a voucher system, we could prevent a student from needing to drive two hours in each direction to, to get a better education. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have some excellent private schools, the parochial schools in Dover itself. Uh, also, maybe a shorter ride to, to Middletown and, and other areas, too. But uh, the, the reality here is, is political. And I'm wondering, you know, these are all fine ideas of, you know, have reciprocity with teaching certificates from other states, as other states do. Uh, allow people with, uh, you know, specialized skills to go through a uh, maybe a, a quick course uh, to be able to teach in, in classrooms, you know, a, a sort of a... I don't know, rapid certificate course, if you will, which does exist, by the way, around the country. And uh, then, of course, you know, vouchers for other schools. But the reality here is you, you've got this extraordinarily strong union. How do you get a, around that or, or work with them and make it happen? Well, in Pennsylvania, one thing that they did, because their most blue area is Philadelphia, and they um, contacted... Uh, the constituents of legislators in that area and just let them know that there are better options. And those constituents then called their legislators and said, we want you to vote for this. We want our students who are in Philadelphia schools, which are very badly performing, to have a different option. So I think if we educate people about the possibility of a better school for them, that and those, and we tell them, this is who your legislator is, contact them and let them know that you would like that option. Um, I think we can make it happen. And there are lots of, lots of groups, lots of education groups in, in Delaware who are seeing that, seeing how bad it is, how bad the education is, and how much we need um, to have a different option. So well, Tanya, of those groups, I'm... Well, I was say, what's that? I was say, well... Tanya, if you get some lawmakers to be able to sponsor a bill and uh, and get it into circulation, not just a loss of some committee there in the state house and or Senate, then obviously you have a plan. By the way, uh, if you just tuned in, Dr. Tanya Hetler is director of the Center for Education Excellence at Caesar Rodney Institute, CaesarRodney.org. So do you have plans uh, for any sort of uh, legislation like that? Um, there is some legislation that's being um, written and going to be proposed this, um, this session that looks at those 12 schools with the single digits and um, is going to propose that we give those students a different option. So, yes, they are um, in the process. Uh, some legislators, Cesar Rodney, a couple of the other education groups in the state are all working together. Um, toward that end, because it's just not fair um, for those students to suffer that way. Well, I read what you're writing over at CaesarRodney.org, and I certainly hope that uh, as this progressive, 
uh, as this progresses, uh, every time there's some positive movement, please uh, send me an email, rick at wdl.com, and let me know, And because I'd like our listeners to know what's going on. Okay? Great. That sounds great. If there's, Wonderful. If there's anything that uh, you haven't mentioned yet you want to mention, please do so now. Sure. One more uh, concern is that uh, this is a problem throughout the United States, but particularly bad in Delaware, that United States schools are now spending more than twice as much on non-educator expenses. So administrators and building maintenance and uh, lunch ladies and custodians. Um, And in Delaware, between 2002 and 2020, the student enrollment increased by 11%. Over that same 20-year period, teacher compensation increased by an inflation-adjusted 11%. However, the total support services increased by 49% inflation-adjusted. So we are just spending so much extra money on non-educators. And I think that's a big problem with our system as well, that we need we need to be educating the students, not doing um, you know extra programming that doesn't directly address you know their math scores. And yeah, well, that's that's where right now, if twenty two percent of our kids are proficient in math and something like thirty some odd percent in in English, you're right. That that's where we need to focus uh, attention for the kids. Tanya, thank you very very much uh, for letting us know what's going on, and I look forward to you keeping us informed. Great, thanks so much, Rick. Thank you, Dr. Tanya Hetler, director of the Caesar Rodney Institute Center for Education Excellence. You can uh, read what she's writing at CaesarRodney.org.